and welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thanks for having us. Yes, uh, it'll be, um, we're going to go through Richmond today, which uh, is much anticipated, I believe. Um, and I'm hoping that it'll be actually our most viewed video, being the Richmond fans, a huge fan base there, and a lot of SC relevant players as well, which is pretty cool. They are very Supercoach relevant. Um, no more than the number one man himself, which we'll get into shortly. Yes, but first of Jane all... Jaden Short, right? Yeah, Jaden <laughs> That's the one. Um, look, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, we have, I think it's 271, so it's really been blossoming. Thank you for the love. We are SC underscore insider underscore on Twitter. Yep. And on Facebook, we are uh, facebook.com forward slash SC insider. Sorry about that little hiccup there. Um, and look, let's get right into it, guys. We're, we're going to start with Richmond's draw. Um, it, look, it has an easy enough start, but they do have the round 14 buy, which is a bit tough to manage. Um, they've got a tough end to the year, but the finals aren't too bad. So they play the Pies, Geelong, Suns away, and then Essendon. So definitely, um, it's a little bit 50-50 there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But they're very intriguing. They do have the second hardest draw, though, according to champion data. Yeah. Which, you win, you, that makes sense. Well, yeah, of course, they won the premiership, so they must have a, a hard draw. Um, where do you see them overall in terms of, do you think they can back it up? Do you think that what won them was talent and they've got an amazing squad or was it more just brilliant coaching? Where do you see Richmond this year and, and how do you think that they could come back? Um, I'm not too sure at this point. I think I think they did well, but now they have a hard draw. So they came from out of the eight, I believe, and then they yeah. had a very good year. Their, their final series was just unheard of, like their pressure. But it's kind of you know like the Bulldogs and some of these other teams, they have this run and this carry and this pace and, and they play a certain style. And then Richmond, they did very well because not many people were used to this manic pressure, this small forward, yep. you know, kind of setup. So they didn't know how to react. But now teams would have had you know many months to actually plan and strategize. Well, that's what I'm thinking too. I'm thinking that teams literally spend the off season studying everything about the opposition and the and the opposition that they need to beat. Teams like Richmond. Okay, so next year we come across Richmond. How do we beat them? Like, what's the plan? What's the process? And they put these systems in place. They've got the most time to analyze that that they do because yeah. it's the off-season. Yeah, so, step one, break Dusty's legs. Yeah, well, that's a, that'll be a start. But it's the same thing happened with the Bulldogs. You know, step they, two, hide from his dad. Yeah. The only thing, I mean, of course, you know, Hawthorne and Geelong, you know, I think they got there purely on talent. You couldn't break down the way that the Hawthorne played because their foot skills were so amazing that they were just chip, 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 scoot, done. And, when, and as soon as those players that were the, 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 um, the key cogs in those wheels... Uh, started retiring or getting transferred, whatever it may be, that's when the wheel started to fall, fall off. off. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Look See, at that. a cog wheel, yeah, wheel fall cog off. Wheel, yeah, wheel yeah, fall, yeah. It, all, it all flows. Thanks very much. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty much an engineering major at this point. <laughs> that's not true. Um, anyway, so I, I look, I don't think that, um, that Richmond, uh, who won on the back of a really good football plan, not necessarily a, a talented list, um, will come back and be able to back it up this year and potentially go top four. I think that um, they probably will be top eight. I just don't think that they're really going to be a premiership threat. Um, and that's no, uh, that's not saying that they don't have you know, good players in their side. I just think from observation, I do think they're going to slide a little bit. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, I've probably got them more that sort of fourth to sixth-ish. 
I wouldn't be surprised. Depends on how many are hungover. I think they could. They're trying to be like the hunters, not the hunties. But let's face it, they're just trying to say that. Um, well, speaking of guys that uh, have a hangover, <laughs> I think everyone's. Uh, it's been well documented how hard that Dustin Martin has gone with his party uh, in the off season. Um, over with uh, Swanee in Vegas. He went. He went crazy. harder than ten Viagra in a packet. I'll tell you what. <laughs> he did go hard. He was that. very hard. <laughs> That's fantastic. And look, what an amazing year. Like, this guy won every single award that was known to man. Um, Frothworthy. Yeah, he had a fantastic... He finally produced the sort of year that people thought that he could do 10 years ago when he was first drafted. I'm not even sure it was 10 years, probably eight years ago. Um, So, look... He was drafted. Yeah. (laughs) He also his best supercoach year, of course. Um, And I think because of that, I don't think... I'm not sure that he has the ability to go better... But I definitely think that he has the ability to stay at least at the same level. Um, so he's yeah, a fantastic he, pick. It's a hard one to predict. I mean, he had a very good year. Um, lo- you know, lots of high highs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a throwback joke, just yeah. to catch you on. Chris's descriptions are high highs and low lows. <laughs> yeah. um, look, no, I think he has a very big ceiling. Uh, he really improved the bottom end this year, which yeah, I think is what helps his really average. Improved, yeah, his consistency really Consistency averaged. Uh, consistency was very good. So, I, I don't know. I think he could actually take it to another level. There's no reason to say that he couldn't. It just depends on how he approaches each yeah. game. And look, here's, um, the, here's the reason for that. I mean, he had five scores under 100 still. So if you talk to if if you're talking about you know Tom Mitchell or your Danger or your real top tier mids, that's only two of them. Yeah, only well, two. Only, only two well, did there's, better. There's, there's, yeah, yeah, there's only like what there's only the what, three or four top tier mids anyway. That's true. Um, yeah. So Tom Mitchell, Dustin, Martin, they only had two Danger. scores under a hundred. Those guys. So they they bring that consistency into their game. And for someone like Danger, who they're, they're very similar type of players. Um, he didn't have that in his game for a very long time. So there is definitely the potential for if he was to take out the bottom end and those extra three games are now hundreds, all of a sudden he's averaging 125, 130. So it's on him he, to do that yeah, though. Correct. And he did improve from the year before. So I think in 2016 he had like nine scores yeah. um, under 100 and in 2015 he had like 10. So I mean he has improved that. So if he can improve that again to another level, yeah. uh, he's definitely a quality player. If you take out those five games under 100, his average was 130. Yeah, right. So that's that's how good of a of a year that he could have if he was to streamline his uh his scoring. He did have 17 tons, 13 of which were 118 or above. It's insane. And he had a high of 165, which actually for top tier is not real high. There's guys out there that, you know, even Clayton Oliver got a 172. I remember. Yes, you remember. I think you first <laughs> me that round too. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so look, he's got he's got a great ceiling, which is tick. You know, consistency this year was tick. Yep, very um, good. Very, very good. Um, so he really needs to back it up. If he could back it up, he could be one of the best super coach players of all time. It, he now needs to take this and say, I'm going to now compete for that number one role against Danger. And look, with Danger and Ablett playing the same team now, maybe he comes back to the pack at 125 and maybe Dusty gets up to that 125. Yeah. I'm not or sure. maybe Dusty slides back the into only a reason, sort of average. Yeah, well, and then yeah, that's it. That's maybe And maybe Dusty doesn't care anymore. That's the only thing. I don't think he's real passionate about football. It doesn't really come across as like, I love football. A little bit like how Dane Swan just never really loved football. I like how he compared those two. More like they both love tattoos. Yeah, that's also <laughs> true. Um, so I, I'm really um, I'm really interested in this season to watch Dusty, and I think everyone will. Um, yeah, can he back up his like ridiculous year? I, I'm, I'm partial to it. I, I more have the theory that he'll probably remain about the same. Um, I still think, he's a, I still think he's a great option. Fantastic um, option. 
I think for me, it's more that round 14 buy. I think he just shares it with so many. So yeah. I'm like, well, do I get Tom Mitchell with a better buy? Or do I go Dusty because he has a better ceiling and it's he's a better tough. VC for danger? It's kind of one of those things you just need to work out for yourself. I, th- I think eventually you're going to want Dusty in your team. but oh, if, I think you will, regardless. With those five games he scores under, if he does that, he's going to be one of the guys that you're going to be able to pick up for around about 600k. He's probably not going to get too much cheaper than that, but he'll probably drop to around 600 oh, He's already 600 odd, so he should drop below. He's, I think he's 650-ish, if I'm not mistaken, so... Um, yeah, definitely expensive, but uh, definitely yeah, six fifty six. But you have like one or two bad games, and you should drop. Yeah, to so like I reckon he'll be. Yeah, yeah, look that the high five hundreds that yeah six hundred. He will drop to that, and just hopefully it's around time that you're upgrading a player. And hopefully he has more games under a hundred. Yeah, exactly. So right. We'll see. We'll see. But look, for me, I think. For him and Tom Mitchell, that's you know they're basically very similar. I don't discredit anyone for whichever one they go with. However, I quite like watching Dustin Martin play compared to Tom Mitchell yeah. walking around doing his. You know, Here's my theory, and you've probably heard it a couple of times if you listen to the Geelong uh, and the Hawthorne podcast. Um, however, I think if you're picking uh, Dusty, it's because you already have danger. I don't think that you want uh, Dusty as your pure captain choice as your number one midfielder. I think you need to go either Mitchell or um, or Danger for that just based on consistency. Um, so if you're picking Danger and you've got the cash to, to grab Dusty as a, the perfect vice-captain option, um, he, he can go high. He's probably going to get you 130-plus. Lock it in. Um, that's my opinion. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, he had a, a lot of games at 120-plus. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think he's a definite, uh, definite VC option. For sure. Um, now the other, th- the next person I'll cab off the rank, I suppose you would say, is uh, Cochin. Uh, so he had a, he's a completely very consistent performer, but he's never really been top tier in Supercoach. Even in his, um, uh, the only the only year that he actually really really performed was the Brownlow year or newly Brownlow year, um, where he actually averaged one sixteen. Outside of that, it's been so it was a hundred one sixteen one oh six one oh one ninety nine one one hundred one oh one. So the last four years, he's averaged uh, within two points of each other at that exact 100 mark. I don't think he's someone you can rely on for super coach points in terms of top tier. Uh, draft option? Yeah, draft, you, you know what you're getting. He'll get you some good games, and then you know, yeah. basically you know what you're getting. So that's, yeah. that's, that's the advantage of the guys like that. You can buy them knowing that they're probably going to get you that same kind of average yep. instead of you know picking up someone who's only been there for a year or so or has that sort of uh, fluctuations in average. You know, like a Jacobs, he gets yep. great one year, low another year, high next year. You know, um, so Sam Jacobs, that is. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. Yep. So you know, at least you kind of know he's very consistent, at least with what he brings. Yeah, and the best thing about him is that uh, for the uh, last uh, seven years, um, he's only missed four games, which is insane. So he plays 22 games every single year. He still had 13 tons um, and five scores between 89 and 99. So you know what you're going to get. He's going to be a consistent performer. He just doesn't have that real huge ceiling. He's only, he only had two scores um, that were high, which is 131 and 135. I think he's a great draft option. I'm just going to put a, a big line through him for standard, though. So Yep, I 100% agree. All right, moving on. So we've got uh, Hooli. Uh, so he was really impressive, actually, uh, last year. Um, Should have been Norm Smith, I think. Yeah, oh, very uh, well, very stiff. Not to get the Norm Smith, might I add. Um, but look, um, he's in four percent of teams, so he's not a bad POD, um, and he's coming off a premiership year where he averaged ninety four point one over eighteen games. So didn't play the whole season. Um, had a had a couple of niggling injuries there, um, and has had some over the last few years. Um, for that reason, it's not really someone that I'm considering as a as an option. 
Um, but he does have some really low lows as well. Again, <laughs> uh, last three, um, last year he had three scores under 64, a uh, 65 with a low of 43 in round one. So, um, his back end was very impressive though. Yeah. Literally once, once he came back from, didn't he get suspended for backhanding someone to the face? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then he had his friend come and vouch for him who then oh, like yeah, got no, rubbed out for punching someone in the face. Yeah, no. And I, I get it. I mean, look, he can go on run. The, the thing about Hooley is he's, he can go on runs as well. So he had uh, a full game patch where he averaged 128.5. So he just goes on these purple patches and just goes massively insane. Then people wisen up and go, we probably shouldn't let Hooley run loose. <laughs> and uh, and they try and lock him down and, and then he comes back down again. So look, I don't think he's a bad pick because he uh, he's only in 4% of teams, but he's an expensive defender. I don't think he's at the same level as your Laird, your Yo, your, your, even your Hurley or your Hibbard. And so for that reason, I don't think you can start with him. But he might be a sneaky little upgrade shot if he has a, a nice low score just around the time that you're trying to upgrade to him and you can get to him. Yeah, I think, I think he the, will be I think the inconsistencies kind of get there. I think I'd probably rather bank on like an Ellis Yep. Um, just for the up, sort of upside. He's but, a good um, draft option. He's a great yeah. POD late in the season. If uh, Hopefully he doesn't go too big and then you can pick him up still at a nice POD. But... I, I wouldn't put him in the same bracket as your Laird, your Yo, your Hibbert, etc. And that's really what he's competing for. Correct. Excellent. Uh, same can be said now these days about Rance. I mean, the once uh, uh, still, I suppose, ever reliable stalwart um, champion data love child. <laughs> uh, look, I, I love Rance. I think he's he's probably the best defender in the AFL. He's great. I love it when he's dressing. <laughs> That's ranch, dude. You you went? Did you did you write that one? No, no way. I'm looking at the percentage of teams here, Chris. Okay, so look, Rance currently is in six percent of teams at four ninety two k. So he's for the first time in a long time a pod. Um, And look, I, I I don't. Sometimes I'll be watching games, watching Rance play. And his scores just continually just go up and up and up. And I'm just like, what? Has he even touched the ball? I don't, I don't know sometimes how he scores so well, but he does get a lot of uh, intercept possessions. I think he's um, he's ranked number one for intercept defend, uh, intercept marks for the yep. last however many years. Like He's just uh, fantastic he's at it. Yeah. He's a freak. He's generally fairly consistent because of that, so he has really good defensive stats and therefore uh, generates consistency out of his game. Um, but last year, he didn't really hit his um, his big scores that he usually hits. Um, he only had two of those 140 pluses, uh, which usually has quite a lot more. Yeah, of he normally goes off tap quite a few yeah, games. Yeah, so he sort of plateaued a little bit, and that's really what made his average suffer. Um, but he's only 29, so he's still got an opportunity to uh, increase his scoring. Again, not someone I can really think of starting, being his price, 492k. You're, uh, it's the same situation, really, as Yehuli. He's not and really he will have some premium. lower games. So if anything, if he had a couple of low ones yeah. early, maybe you can get him cheaper. And then at that point, the upside. He does huge. have his sixty games yeah. every now and then where he doesn't get much. If action. he has because a slow a, start, I'd probably I'd back. probably look at throwing him in because you know there is definite upside. Yeah, great draft option again. You know, someone you can pick up on your draft squad and someone who's consistently going to score. So I think he's uh, he's not a bad little yeah. shout. He just looks good on your list. Yeah, true. Um, now uh, Brandon Ellis. So we had a bit of a chat about Brandon Ellis in the uh, pod spectus. If you didn't catch that episode, check that out. But um, look, I really like Ellis as a POD. I was actually tinkering with him um, for quite a while, having him in my side. Um, but look, he only averaged 91. So six tons, including a 147. He's 25. So he's got that next level. He really hasn't entered his I prime I thought he was yet. older. Right. No, he's still young. Well, so there you go. 
Um, kicks more than he handballs, and he's got a fantastic kick as well, might I add. Um, so they do look for him to be that outlet out of defense as well as Hooley. Um, so definitely a player that he's also a handball receive player, though. So he doesn't uh, typically get a lot of contested possessions, but only he did a raise point eight eight percent of sides as well, Chris. That's it's not a that's not a, a bad little pod. So he was one that I was looking at for a pod, but at the end of the day, again, he's five hundred two k. He's not someone that you're going to be able to uh, replace out of a, a, a Yo or a Laird or a, or a Hurley or a Hibbard. So where does he fit into your squad? You'd have to be choosing Ellis over a Shaw, who's 50k cheaper to average you more. And unfortunately, he's just never really done that. He's also a little bit of a downhill skier. So that's that's a little bit um, uh, worrying with their hard draw. So I can't see him really increasing his average. Um, he had a really poor final series, and he averaged fifty-seven point three in the finals. Right, so that's so uh, he he pretty much got a medal for nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, he showed up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'd rather Broad who got a medal for at least doing something afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's also true. He definitely did something. Worthy, um, I tell you that. Woo. So for me, yeah, after looking at their draw, working out um, how Brandon Ellis scores his points and his price point, I'm just gonna know. Um, but again, someone you could look to for draft. I think you're tempted, Chris. I've, I think you are. And then all of a sudden you look back the, at the stats, averaged 100 on the back end, POD, 2.8% ownership. Now you're a sucker for that. I, you're a big I sucker. Am, I am. Um, and look, the, 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 the advantage of, of someone like Analysis is that he does have more um, more steps because he hasn't entered his prime yet. He's still fairly young. Um, the disadvantage is that, is that last year they had a really easy draw and that's what propelled them into the finals and that's probably why you got the 100 points over that See, period of games. For, for those out there, Chris likes to go for the hero pass. So if you, <laughs> if you was a quarterback, the there'd, be no, there'd be no passing Tom Brady for a against run. the Eagles pass no. that just went nowhere. It'd be, <laughs> it would literally be every time, no passing for a run, no handing it off. He would yeah. be throwing straight throw down the town. Yeah, exactly. the Hail Mary every time. 2.8% Hail Mary. Uh, now moving on to the mid, mid prices, um, just going to get into some, some really quick ones here. Um, someone I don't think at all is super coach relevant anymore is Grig. Um, he can go big, so maybe he can win you a game in draft. Um, and he had six tons last year, including a 127 and a 130. But he had eight scores under 75. So the consistency is just not there. Yep. Brig um, is gone. He's, he's never averaged over 100. He's turning 30 this year. Had a final series averaging 66. Yeah, just don't. <laughs> I, actually, I actually didn't realize he was that old. There you yeah, go. Yeah, so he's... See, um, these are the things you need to pay attention he's to, getting on. I know. Brig um, at 30, yeah, he's toast. Now, my boy Prestia... Ah <laughs> uh, no! Um, you probably cottoned on, but I got—I was on big on Pressier last year. I thought he was going to be fantastic. Um, coming back after a long stint out at the Suns, uh, off injured, uh, traded for a high pick. I think it was pick six that they traded. You wanted him at a one hundred five average. I thought, look, what well, this guy high. is going to average one hundred five for the year. He is an absolute jet. He does everything. He, he gets hard balls. He runs outside, uh, contested possessions. He kicks goals. Well, I think you're right, Chris. He is a jet that never got off the runway. <laughs> and unfortunately, he didn't uh, do any of that <laughs> that I thought he was. And then Chris, this year, Chris offloaded oh, him. Hold up. Chris offloaded him. He was horrible. And then all of a sudden, he got 200s in okay, a row. This is what actually happened. Wave a wire. Hello. This, so this is the good and bad thing that actually happened. The game that I offloaded him was because... Uh, I had the vice captain on Oliver, and he hit a 172 that week. 
I had to drop someone from my bench who was a playing player so that I could get his captain score on the field. <laughs> playing player. So, High then- highs, low lows, <laughs> and a playing player. Yeah. Get your um, shit together, son. So I dropped, I was like, oh, I'll drop Prestia. He's going, he's, he's dudding it up. No one will pick him up, and then I'll just be able to pick him back up on the waiver. It'll be sweet. Meanwhile, he, that game. So yeah, it's a good game. <laughs> he, he tunned up that game, and then he got a 110. And then I was lo- I was fairly low on the waiver, so I couldn't uh, pick him back up. I think you must have picked got up at like four a.m. or something to pick him up. I got him. Yeah. So and then of course he went on a ridiculous run. So the, his uh, his last ten games of the season he averaged one oh se- uh, sorry ninety five. Uh, wait, no, that's 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 incorrect. Sorry. Um, his last four games of the season he averaged one ten point five. Um, and then of, uh, in the final series, he actually averaged 111. So a seven-game average of one 110.5. Um, actually went massive right when I needed him to go massive and just decide not to. It's okay. You had Oliver. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, so, look, I, I do think there's scope for him to in- improve. I think it just took it. What, what do you think happened with him? just took a while to get back. I, I mean, well, I was watching him at the, at the stoppages, and he just didn't know what he was doing. Okay, at times, so- I was just like... Why are you there? Like, you're just watching the ball float past him. I watched him on, like, the... Was it Footy Sunday or whatever it is, how they kind of get some people in. So they get footy players in. Yeah, you see Crouch and you see Sloan and that. Go on the show. Uh, Presti was actually on the show one time. And he was saying that, you know, he had these knee issues from the sun. So when he came to Richmond, he was only training, like, once a week. So he'd have the game. He would recover. He would train once. And then he would play. And he was missing that. He You know, he should have been able to train at least a couple of times. But he hasn't been. He hasn't been training twice a week for a long time wow. okay. and he was saying like finally his knees are feeling you know better so he's like finally starting to able to actually train a couple times a week yeah. which you know I think the, the, the proof is in the pudding I think he could actually be a huge upside if he's training a couple times a week so if anyone is a Richmond fan please get down to training and let us let know let us know what he's doing um, look he, yeah. I think he's the only one is is 4k more expensive than Coniglio so he's the only other one in that at that price point that can give you that step up to danger if you don't have danger, or can rival Coniglio for that similar output. So So no Omira after yesterday? No. Intraclub? Don't even no. Don't don't get on the Omira train. I'll say it once, I'll say it a thousand times. Don't Sorry. do Omira. You'll end up disappointed because he'll break both his legs. <laughs> I should have said that. He probably would like now. <laughs> Touch wood. Where's the wood? No. So look, he is a fantastic option. I just think um, if you're looking at that 450k mid as that breakout mid, um, and you're throwing up between Caniglio or Prestia, give him a shout. The one thing he's got going for him is he's only in two percent of teams. Massively unique. Um, so I've really got big raps on Prestia, but the one that I've got the most raps on is my man Kane Lambert. Unreal. So we said in the pod, so the pod spectus, um, according to Champion Data, he's the number one improver. No, one of the best. One of the best. Don't highlight him. Don't like give he's him now, extra props, he's, mate. He's one. I, of- I shouldn't because he's unique. And you, you know, listen to this. This is some insider stuff. Um, he is the one of one of the most improved in Champion Data ranking points in the comp. In 2% of teams at 472k as a mid-forward. So he's definitely going to be someone that's going to cost you. You can't have him as, a, as your F4. You've got to have him as your F1 or F2. Um, and for me right now, he's my F2. But he averaged 95.3 in the last 10 games of the season and 107.3 in the finals, gave, giving him a 13-game average of 98, which puts him, if he was to hold that for the year, that's the third highest mid for the year. So amazing stats, amazing back end to the year. Um, 
he's uh, without with you know Menegola obviously coming down. Franklin had inflated back into the year. I think he could really push that um, top six mid this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Um, the one thing against it, of course, is that last year they had an easier run. However, if you go through the games where he scored really well, some of them were against uh, teams like the Cats and GWS. So he's not necessarily a, a downhill skier. Yeah, so um, top six mid forward, I think you mean. Or yeah. forward. Yeah, yeah or top forward. Six mid. Sorry, top six, so, yeah. top six forward. Yes. I don't think it's top six mid there. No, Chris. that's probably not going to happen. A uh, little side oh, note. Hey, I do like a bit of a Lambert though. little side note though. Did you know his mother's name is Mary? <laughs> I didn't know that. She, that had a, she had a little lamb. She, she had a little <laughs> She did, yeah. Matt. <laughs> um, look, uh, oh, just some other ones, other mid prices that probably aren't worth even mentioning. Um, you got Rewalt, of course. Uh, Vlosten's never really uh, made it out of uh, into a breakout category. Caddy, the biggest what if of oh, all time. Oh, Caddy. Don't oh. even get me started on Caddy. <laughs> he could be anything, but uh, played out of position. He's an inside mid that plays mostly forward pocket. Yeah, he still play, He still hit about 33% of um, centre clearances, though, like the, the centre bounces. So here's the thing, Caddy, right? You think, okay, going to a new club, more inside mid sort of role or more midfield minutes. You put him in, I put him in my side, right? So I got him in draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, well, if I've got him in draft, then I might as well load up and put him in standard because that's how you roll. You know, you got to back your boys. Oh, yeah. And he was horrible. Like, <laughs> like beyond, <laughs> like beyond all... Anything imaginable. Yeah, he was, yeah. And, you um, were huge on him too as well. I was like, oh. No, well, the pro- oh. here's the thing. Caddy. <laughs> and there's a thing between a friend of mine. We, we, you know, we're like effing Caddy. Because years and years and years ago when he first started playing, I had, in my draft, I was in the grand final, I had Motlop, Hawkins, and Caddy in my forward line. Oh, my gosh. This is my first year of draft. So three yeah, perennially be, be, like, inconsistent be forwards. Be gentle, right? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I was like, I can't have three of these guys, so I need to, I need to get rid of one. So I kept Motlop and Hawkins... And then I think uh, as I got rid of him, Scott came out saying, look, yeah, we're going to play uh, one of these young guys through the, the middle of the field today. And it was Caddy. Caddy outscored. Yeah, he actually went crazy. He went crazy. Yeah. got like 135, outscored the other two players, and I lost the final by about 20 points. Yep, that yeah. makes sense. That's why it's F and Caddy. And I went yeah. on him again, and he burnt me again. I just so like stories where you lose. Never again. <laughs> well, there's not many of them, Chris. So oh, of course. Do not get yes, used to it. Of course. Um, now look onto the rookies guys there's the big one so Jack Higgins and I'll go through him um, very briefly but for a long time um, the only other one that uh, really seems to be on the radar is Nathan Drummond um, they want to play him in a half forward role um, you also might see uh, maybe or Chaw or Callum Moore this year um, if injury strikes to their forward line because um, they are obviously tall forwards um, it's a wait and see on them and same with Drummond um, Higgins is the one that literally needs to be a lock if he's named round one. And there's a few reasons why, but um, he's, <laughs> these are Higgins' national champions, uh, championship stats. He averaged 27 disposals, 13 contested possessions, six tackles and five clearances, and he kicked six goals and got seven goal assists from uh, four games. It was insane. He must be nimble. Yeah, <laughs> this Jack is very nimble and quick. Um, his tack cup stats were just as impressive averaging 23.2 disposals, 2.3 goals per game when he was actually moved forward of the ball, 5.1 tackles and 141 supercoach points. He mirrors his game on Sam Mitchell and his 178 centimetres. How did he manage to get to Richmond's first pick? Uh, he's short. 
That's it. He's 178, and the big thing at the moment is get that big-bodied midfielder that's ready to go. But he's a freak. Put him early. He's an absolute freak. He now holds the record for the highest averaging junior player ever recorded, beating Tom Rockliffe, who averaged 144, and uh, he achieved 145. So he's now the highest ever junior um, ranking ranking supercoach player. So is it, look if he gets into your uh, into round one, you have to have him. I think he'll probably be the number yep. one super coach player. It has to be right. Yeah, and if you haven't already, go on over to Doctor Super Coach on Facebook. They do have um, they've released some stuff as well with the junior stats. So super coach points. It's surprising to see some of these guys that might get a game. You kind of look uh, like even Stepson. I think average like maybe you know, he had some sixty seven average sort of game. So you know kind of good. But you're looking for guys that just go off tap hopefully. Yep. And this is one guy that can go off tap. So if he plays, he, well, I mean, he's on of, your side. Think of how Rockliffe's first season was. He was almost a, a permanent like a, an M eight. I don't think I actually traded him out of my team that year. He was fantastic. So, um, yeah, I would always say 100% lock Higgins into your team. Um, Unless he... I mean, if he doesn't play round one, you'll downgrade it. He'll get games this year for sure. Um, Now, Hospital War, just a a little couple of notes that I've got down. So, Hampson and and Anthony Miles are on modified programs. And unfortunately, Hampson is going to be continuously managed for the rest of his career. His back injury is that bad. Um, Now, for the start of the year, he's probably not going to play. And this is a little bit of a a left-field thing that you can think about. So um, so let's say you like Ryder, but you're not really confident in the fact that um, Ryder can give you consistent scores. Um, Sorry, sorry, it's more about the buy. Um, You worry about the buy, you can't really get him. You, you want to get him after the bite. Someone like Toby Nankervis is the perfect person to get and then sideways trade him later. Now, the reason is the Nank doesn't really have a tank. So last year, he went really, really well in the first eight to ten rounds and then dropped off a cliff. He can't really run out of season and he's just not there yet in AFL ready. So what I would suggest, Hampson's probably not going to be there in the early rounds. Jump on the Nank, get him as your uh, as one of your ruckmen and then sideways trade him to Ryder around the bye. That's reckless. It's not reckless. Yeah, it's reckless. You, how much is a trade worth, Chris? Uh, well, how much is it worth to you? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, I think that it's it's definitely viable. I mean, it's it's a way to get around. The, you literally will get around the buy, and it will cost you one trade. I think I'd rather go Goldie, to be honest. Ooh, I do like Mr. Goldie. 1%. Ooh, I hear he's quite lean. Not much fat on that one. <laughs> Um, now, breakout potential guys, obviously, so Lambert, um, Ellis, and Prestia. Um, those are the three that I've listed there. Anyone else you think that has got the potential to break out? I think that's about right. I hear, I do hear that uh, Rioli is meant to be playing some more midfield, but again, that's, I think it's a bit too early for me for that Awesome one. player to watch, more of an impact player, yep. not an accumulator. Correct. Which I don't think makes him super coach relevant, unfortunately, guys. Um, and then draft round. So Dusty, he'll go top three somewhere in there, I'm pretty yep. sure. Three or four, depending yep. on preferences. Yeah, either way, he won't go past fourth pick, yep. 100%. Um, outside of that, everyone's going to be a, a fairly mid to late pick. You know, Cochin's going to be your M4, M5. Um, you know, Hooley might be one of the first defenders, but he's probably not going to go until the post-50 pick. Yeah, so, I, I would agree with that. 50-plus yep. easy. Same with Rand, same with Ellis. Prestia could really slide down for some value. Um, yep. There's a lot of risk there, but in draft, I mean, it's all about risk. Yep. So if you can you know, pick him up somewhere between where he is and where you think he could be. Lambert's your perfect draft person because he averaged 86 for the whole year. 
but he, uh, with his back end and his potential, I think that he's someone that you need to pick up around that 90 average. Yep, I'll let you take Lambert. I'm not so keen oh, on that oh, one. Oh, I will take Lambert. I don't know why. I, I enjoy just, rubbing it in your face I the just, whole year. Yeah, I'm just not keen on the Lambert. <laughs> so. um, outside of that, bench or waiver options, um, Grig, Nan Kervis, Rewalt, Vlosten, Edwards, and Caddy. What? Bench or waiver? You're saying that they're not in the 200 top picks. I'm saying that you can't, like, how are you going to pick them over other people? Quite easily, when Rewalt still averages pretty well. Nah. Watch the drop off, mate. They'll nah. be, they'll be. Okay, so let's his, let's, let's get this down. Side. You can just turn. You can just. Mister Brightside was the highlight of his year. You can just turn this down. Lane Curvis, he dropped off. He's a ruck only short, average like what eighty eight or so. He'll be picked towards the back end of the draft, one hundred percent. Rewalt still not even that bad. You're looking at when you get down to it. So bench and waiver options for forward and defence this year. You're actually scraping down to like a seventy two average for some of these people. Yeah. Which means that they are nowhere near a bench or a waiver option. Nah, it's bench. No. Ne- never, never, oh, well, never. You are hopeless then. <laughs> I think you're just trying to cover your own tracks on your lazy research. Okay, oh. so that is it for Chris and for the Richmond team. So, look, thanks for having us. I uh, appreciate your support, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>